0: What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in
1: to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop.
0: Amelia, how stoked are you to do this?
1: Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast.
0: Logan Murdoch here. Real ones. Raja Bell is back. He's back in the building. Um, We haven't had any pre-pod talking or anything, so everything we say off the top right now is just going to be in the show. So I haven't seen Raja in like 10 days. Um, I don't know what he's been doing. He missed all the good stuff. Everything good in the NBA, he just straight up missed. He was gone. He was... What's going on? Where were you? We're going to talk about the stuff that you missed, but what the fuck were you doing?
1: Listen, man... It's summertime for my kids, so I was enjoying that, and more importantly, and not more importantly, but we were in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina for an AAU 13U World Championships with my son Ty's team. So we were up there. We did that. Um, We kicked it a little bit, and I kept an eye. I know what's going down. Okay. All right. How was was Greensboro? Greensboro was good. Listen, I'm going to get emotional talking about this because I've had uh, some of these kids since they were in the third grade. Okay. And we took we took second. We wanted to win it, but we we took second at the event, which is respectable. Um but the way we played was everything that I love in basketball and everything that rarely happens now in the NBA. Two teams play like this for the most part. It's to some degree um definitely Golden State and at times I think Phoenix could play like this where we just offensively had people in the torture chamber with our movement, our ball movement, our people movement, you know, our screening, our reading screen. Like, we just, it was it was fun to watch them play like that. And defensively, you know, we were equally as good. We held one team to, like, two in the first quarter, another team to four in the first quarter. We were just swarming. People didn't know what hit them. And so, for me as a coach and then as a dad watching, like, it was really, really cool times. Were there thug tears shedded? um thug tears shed at the event no 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 but i got a little misty eyed a couple times you know talking talking about my team and the parents and the kids right because it's tough a dog anybody who deals with 12 year olds trying to teach them anything um <laughs> they can feel me on that <laughs> word 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 yeah, so i was getting i was getting my nba information from those little cats like they would run around and be like coach do you know what it, this so-and-so went here coach so he just got traded so i was getting all my information via the 12 and 13 year old
0: so of the little um of the little aau wojas, like when they gave you the news what was your what was what what elicited the biggest reaction from you Ra? when you got the what was the biggest bit of news nuggets from the little homies that
1: piqued um, your interest the most of the of the bombs i mean it was probably the rudy gobert trade yes yeah that one that one was like what he got What? And they got what? And so I was. Picks? Yeah. <laughs> so that one was probably the the most. Some some of them were, you know, I anticipated happening. Some of the bags that were that were handed out, like you know, some of that I saw coming, but that Rudy Gobert one caught me by surprise.
0: That's a good place to start. We've been very. I've been very critical. I have been very critical of Rudy Gobert. You know, for the last few years. Um, and also, while recognizing there's a lot to blame on all sides, but Rudy Gobert has gotten the brunt of my of my just vitriol um, in Utah. Shout out, Valters. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I think this might be a great little new start for him, man. I think, you know, to go to a team where, like, the locker room doesn't hate you, it seems like a great – maybe hate is a strong word. But there was a clear disconnect for years with Rudy Gobert and the rest of the guys there. To go to a new
1: start, I think it'll be good. Oh, I think, yes, everything runs its course. NBA, you know, life in general. Everything runs its course. And I think we had talked about Quinn having maybe run his course in, in Utah. And I think, you know, you, you saw him even admit to that, right? Like he was like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. It just was, it got a little stale. And so you could say the same for Rudy Gobert. And not, not only that, but I think the type of team that he's going to now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fit. Um, it's going to be more of a natural fit for him, I think, because some of the things that he doesn't do you know they have more people doing it and he provides a real you know a real piece that they were missing right? cuz for everything Carl Anthony Towns is offensively he's the opposite defensively and you know now you have now you have a piece that in theory should be able to hold that down and you got you could put Carl um, Towns in, at the
0: 4 them to play the five and i mean you can also Absolutely. keep him at the five in like in small ball situations and kind of like strategically do it but for the most part having him play the four is just gonna is gonna be
1: great no that's exactly i mean they yeah they're, you're a, yeah i mean of course it gives you flexibility as an organization and the coaching staff but you're gonna want to play him at the four a four that is a, a true stretch like you know can get to the rim and it's gonna be interesting because cats like you know anthony edwards and even carl anthony towns to some degree when you're when you're playing with Rudy there's there's no they there's a big on the opposite team anchored to the rim yeah so you know like that's going to change the math for them offensively but they'll figure it out
0: so we didn't we haven't i had to go leg and look we haven't recorded since june 27th and you know the nba was a total different it's a totally different place the last time we recorded to where it is now okay so like 2 days afterwards After our last record. Um, One Kevin Durant. um, Decides to ask for a trade. And this is coming on the heels of. I'm not sure if we recorded during this time. I think it was happening in real time. As we were recording. But Kyrie like had a day. Where he did a lot of Kyrie stuff. And. uh, Like there were rumors. That he was going to like. Decline his option. And maybe he'll go to the Lakers. For for a mid-level. And then like he sends this very cryptic tweet of like how he's opting in, but he's not really opting in. He's opting into like the money he's getting the bag after all of that, but he's not necessarily committing to the nets. And then a day later, Kevin Durant <laughs> demands a trade Raja. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Uh, oh
1: man. What do I, how do I, I just want to, I want to be fair, but I want to say so many things. I, I have true mixed emotions. I have not talked to anyone in Brooklyn because I I certainly don't want anyone to think that I'm speaking for anyone else. I've had no contact in any way, shape, or form with anyone there. They, these are purely my own thoughts. That's got to like that is. It's got to really suck, and I'm at a point now where I tell you I'm always pro player. Oh, I don't. I'm always pro player, but I've said this before and I'll say it again: two players. You know, there was, a, there was something that you're like dad or mom, like maybe grandparent, whoever was holding you down, like when you were young, whoever that person was in your life when you were out acting the fool and they'd look at you and they knew you couldn't, you know, there was not much they could do to you then. So the saying was, Yo, you, you show your ass now and I'm going to show my ass later. Ooh, right.
0: Hey, that's, hey, hey hold on. That's, that's really triggering, Raja. That's just very triggering as a, the childhood that I grew yeah. up in. Yeah, You, you yeah, go, yeah, go ahead, act a <laughs> fool go right on, now. Yeah. You want
1: to. Go act a fool if you want to. Correct. But the repercussions when we get to the crib, like, I know you know, so you better shut that down. And so I mm-hmm. say that to say this player empowerment, leverage, while I love it because I know where players have come from on the flip side of that argument, just be careful. Because owners will show their ass at some point. They will show their ass. You can do what you do what you do now, but there are consequences and repercussions at some point. I don't know when that will be. But, Logan, we can't be in a place where, you know, organizations are, are building and doing what they can to facilitate moves that they think are in the best interest, not just of the club, but of the star. And then if things don't work out for one reason or another, injuries, just things beyond control you know, players are like, nah, I don't want to play here no more. Four years left on a deal. I'm out. I, w- I don't want to do it. Like, that's, that, that's not a business. That's not sustainable. My thing is this, specifically
0: with the Nets, and I'm and sure we're going we're gonna to talk about this throughout the pod, but the two guys that are asking out were the two guys that had the most power within the organization. And when you talk about a player empowerment situation, it doesn't get much player empowerment than the situation in Brooklyn, right? And there, you know, there've been whispers about, you know, front office um, discontent on both sides, right, from the front office side to the 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 player side. I don't know. Okay, I don't know how the, how we got here, Raja. I don't know how we got here because on paper this scene you have a two players first it was three all star players right really like obviously resume speak for themselves really great players they put in a coach in place that you know they asked for you know because they get Kenny Atkinson out of the paint right they so they and then they get the coach that they want former player who you know really knows you know knows the ins and outs of what it's like to be a player in the NBA. Not only a player, a superstar player type player in the NBA. Get all that. They're up and rolling. And it just goes to shit. And I just don't know how that, because on
1: paper, it's, that's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to. I mean, there's so many variables that were in play. And so many of them <laughs> wound up being the worst possible scenario. You know, like, let's just start with, and, and, Kevin Durant I'm a huge fan of Kevin Durant. I've been I I think he's phenomenal. But like let's be honest. They paid they paid Kevin Durant um in good faith and I guess he had earned the right, but like he didn't even play the first year. You know? Like they they're paying him for for the future and then, you know, you you got Kyrie, the the injuries then then mounted, right? Kyrie was hurt a lot. Um you know, the Joe Harris piece that 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 was hurt didn't help you you lost you know, a bright young star of a coach that was paired along, Steve, because you know, we all knew Steve coming in was going to be learning on the fly. Like, Steve knew that, right? Like, so yeah. there needed to be some consistency in the coaching staff, you know, some cohesiveness behind closed doors for that. And that that hasn't happened. Mike left. He took a job in Boston. Then you bring in James Harden um, and I don't know whose idea that was, but I have to assume from all accounts, like KD and played a large role in that. And then we're injured some more. Kyrie opts out with the with the virus situation. Uh, uh, James Harden looks disinterested. He he now wants to leave. Like that's just a mess. Nothing's yeah. got nothing's gone right. Nothing's gone right. And I would say, uh, and I'll say this: nothing's gone right. And I still would say, I disagree. I disagree with cats like that. Deep in, or early in deals, like I disagree with you. Just pulling the plug, saying I want to be out. I don't. I don't agree with that. I'm there. I said it. I don't agree with that.
0: If we've we've talked about Kyrie and nauseum and so you guys pretty much know our feelings on that. We haven't talked about Kevin much on this, though. I I am just baffled that he would want to dip, <laughs> and like I just don't know the reason why he would want to leave this situation. Right? Like they're this was his choice to go. You hear, and it's just interesting. You hear the golden state rumors too. Like, that's just really interesting. Um, I don't, we'll get, to, we could get to that. We could talk about that in a minute, but like, I, because if you leave, say you go to Phoenix, is that team? like, they're going to gut the team to get you, you know? Yep. You go to Miami I mean, I think you have a better chance to win a title in Miami. That's good. But, again, they're going to gut the team to try to get you. You go to the Warriors, which is not, I don't, that's not happening. There's no, like, that's that's just fairy dust. That's not, that's all out in the wind, I think. that It was, like, a fun day to, like, hear that. Like, ah, but that's just, that's not happening. But if it were to happen, they would have to trade Wiggins' uh, Poole, like, all their young guys who they have, Kaminga, to go through something they've already kind of gone through already. Right. It's kind of crazy to even have this discussion about Kevin Durant that, like, oh man, it's, it's, it's crazy to have him get traded. But like, it's going to take a big sacrifice from a team to take that on, only to like not even know for the next year. Is he going to want to leave again? Like, what is what's going to happen? Like, I, I just don't know how you how you tread this on both sides.
1: I don't have great answers either. I I would just say that. There's another saying, of, of, like, when people sh- try to tell you who they are, you need to listen. As it pertains to this, not just Kevin Durant, but any player in the NBA who is, who is frequently in the, in the middle of something and wanting to leave or whatever that looks like. And I'm not saying Kevin does that all the time, but there are guys who, have, who are trying to tell you, yo, this is what I do. Like, I get somewhere, I get unhappy somewhere, and I'm ready to go. I would just, it, it would behoove NBA teams to listen. Okay, when they try to tell you who they are. And so, yes, you should be slightly leery of that said star, any, any of them, who have track records like that, you sell in the farm for them, and then a year or two in, they turn around and tell you, nah, I'm ready to go. Like, I think that's prudent. Like, you, you should be in the habit of, of 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 vetting it out better. Secondly, while Kevin Durant is awesome, Kevin Durant is on the backside of it now, right? He's no longer on the front side. He's on the, ba- he's on the back nine and he has had some significant injuries as of late. It's not to say that he won't be healthy moving forward, but all of this goes into the pot, right? When we're trying to make a decision like mortgage in our future for right now. Um, and I think even Kevin would tell you like, was not really good in the playoffs this year while he was the year before wasn't this year. so, That's, again, will be great again in the playoffs. I'm fairly certain. But these are all things that are going in to us making this decision, right? And then do we have the pieces in place after mortgaging the future where we still have an open window and an opportunity to win right now? Or have we gutted it, to your point, to a level where it's impossible? And then it wouldn't be worth it anyway. So, like, it's not as easy as you think. And if he's holding cards... You know, like he seems to be I, I don't you know, maybe I'm not smart enough. I don't know. Like if I'm Brooklyn, hey, look, dog. I don't know what to tell you, bro. I'm under no obligation here.
0: Yeah. I, we're if just I'm, going,
1: I, I'm under no obligation, dog. And if I really
0: want to let's just sink together. We're just gonna sink together then. Let's just do it. Don't know? even trip.
1: Don't even trip, bro. <laughs> word wait, word? All oh, right, bet. So I don't I mean, look, I for it that's a whole mess of a of a situation. I I think part of me is is a little hurt that, that KD would do that. You know what I mean? Like because again, I'm a fan, and I I didn't see that one coming from him. You know, so I think I'm a little hurt um, as his fan that that he would do that. Where they go from here, I have no idea, and it's just a mess. And owners, I get you, man. When you got to show your ass, I can't sit on I can't sit on this side of the microphone and talk shit about it because you will have earned the right to do it because players are really showing theirs right now.
0: What does that do for you? Brought, you keep bringing up ownership. The greatest thing that NBA players have on their side is something that NFL players don't have. And they, you know, is it's called it's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed contracts. Right? Fully guaranteed. Bread. Fully guaranteed. Give me run me my money. What the, the, what I see when I sign is what I'm gonna get by the end of the deal. And that has to, that's I feel like we're on the path of that changing, bro, especially when superstars do this. I think we've talked about this on this pod plenty of times where what a good is player empowerment when you don't do much for it, when the power, when you take to, take advantage, sorry, what good is the player empowerment when you take advantage pow- of that power to the
1: point of no return? Are they doing it for good? Well, you can't do it for good because at some point, it's not going to make sense for owners to be in the business of that i it, it might not be right now i'm not saying it's right now i don't know the the dollars and cents owners are making like silly amounts of money but it's it's trending in a direction where it becomes less and less favorable for for owners and up to a point and up until like an equity point i'm sure that's okay to some degree right like every but once the the scale flips um and now you know, players are making more of the pie than owners are. And they're completely, they're completely like just making contracts obsolete in, in regards to their commitment to your team. And they, you know what I mean? Like once, once you flip the thing on its head like that, you've, you've done the league a disservice, you know, every, every player's job, you know, along with you know, making a living out of it and trying to be the best that they can be and trying to win games is to try to leave the league in a better place for those coming after them. Like it's part of the, you know, the rite of passage, of taking care of your rooks and rooks doing their rookly duties. And, you know, this fraternity continuing to exist. And the money is at a place now where someone like me could sit there and look at it and be like, man, that's, that is so dope, man. These cats, like this level of player is, is making that kind of money. Like that's incredible, you know? And so we, the league has done a great job, but when you stop working like as a team with with ownership like that, and you start saying, "Okay, I know I signed a four year deal or a five year deal, and I don't give a damn, I'm not playing here anymore," oh, there are going to be problems. You're going to do irreparable damage to the system, and when enough of you do it, it's almost guaranteed. And I think you're seeing, you know, the trend is that's what we're doing, Logan. And so, you know, I always found the NBA funny. I know this ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but people would ask me. You know, something about contracts and I'd always say in the NBA, you, you're not paying me for what I'm about to do. Like no one's getting paid for what they're I'm getting paid for what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, my free agent money is coming off the five years I just had somewhere like and I'm probably not going to be that player. So like the, the NBA is weird like that because that get bread is fully guaranteed. Like once you get it, it really doesn't matter. That's why you see the cat. I won't call any names, but they're I play with a lot of them. They go to sleep for three years. Don't yeah. work, get heavy. You wonder what happened. And then the fourth year, boom, eighteen a game. What, well, just yep. in time, just in time for you to pay me for what I just did. Right. And so they get
0: paid for like three months
1: of service. Just don't. three
0: literally throughout the contract, just three months of just for, being
1: forget about the grade. three years before that. Just pay me off of these last a great playoffs and a great second half of the last season. And so, yeah. you know, I don't have the answers. I'm not smart enough, but ownership is gonna come back to that table and they're gonna start trying to roll stuff back. They're gonna have to
0: Roger, you're the GM of the Brooklyn Nets right now. You just got hired. I got news for you. They just gave you a, they just gave you a bag mm. and you're living in Brooklyn right now. I don't know guaranteed. where in Brooklyn you're living, but it's fully guaranteed and you're the GM of the Brooklyn Nets. You're you're inheriting what we're doing what what is tra- currently transpiring. Kyrie opts in and still somehow kind of wants to go to the Lakers and then you have Kevin Durant. Your second day on the job is like I want. Hey, hey, G- Raja, yeah, bro, I want to get traded. I got four years left on my deal, but I want to get traded. Raja, what is going through your mind right now, and what do you do for the rest of the offseason? You're the GM of the Brooklyn Nets who just got a bag, but it seems like you're sad right now. There's a lot of money at, right now, but it seems like stuff is going
1: awry. Did I also do the Royce? O- I also did the Royce O'Neal deal. That's done already, right? Yes. Yeah, that's done. a good piece. I've also done the T.J. Warren deal, right? Yes. Which is another good piece. These, we're adding pieces that can play, make, create – and score. A lot of things that you saw not in the tool shed last year at the end when Boston was just locking down on KD and Kyrie, right? So, with all that in place, let me holler at you, KD. Hey, Kyrie, I'm going to need you to come in on this too. Just so you know, I'm not fucking budging. So, you could get your asses back in the weight room and get back on your your training regimen, and I will see y'all at training camp. Hang that shit up.
0: That's it. That's, that's it. That's, it's a 27-second thir- call.
1: That's why I can't be a GM, though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need that, though, right? Hey, like, no, nah, the, I'm not GMs- doing that with y'all. I'm not doing that. Listen, here's wh- this was our vision. Let me remind you. This is me, and I, I'm playing my role again. Okay. Kevin, allow me to remind you why all this happened, in case you've forgotten. Right, And let's go down the X, Y, and A, B, C's to X, Y, and Z's of, of the decisions that you co-signed on or asked for that we've acquiesced to. Kyrie, let me tell you what we put up with you last year in case you fucking forgot. All right, And then let me tell you how I'm going to move forward in case you didn't hear me one second ago. Get your ass back in the weight room and get back on your little training regimen and I'll see you at training camp. I just don't get how,
0: bro, The Brooklyn, and I don't like being on the front office's side on stuff, bro. I really don't. I don't like it. I I feel like an op. I feel like a fed. You know, like I'm (laughs) really just out here, like. But damn, if if there was any front office that just bent over backwards for a group of stars, it was this one. They literally acquiesced to every demand, every single demand. Bro, could you imagine? If you just I don't know this situation and I'm probably even this scenario is going to make you pissed and you might fucking just get off of this pod just for the simple fact that I'm telling just saying this, bro. Could you imagine just giving something to somebody, just giving it, giving it, just just loving a person and just acquiescing to all their needs? And they
1: say, you know what? I can't stand this. I'm out. It's why you don't do it. It's why you can't do it, Logan. It's why you. It's why every pod we get on and we talk about something like this, I have the same response to it. You cannot sell your soul and everything that is it, it, uh, the fiber of who you are, all of the things that you put stock in, all your morals and ethics. You can't give them up. You can't just let someone trample all over them because there is no no one cares. Like they're like they, they're going to tell you if they don't like what happens even after you do that that they want to leave. So my point is, and and Sean Marks definitely not like. Look, I think Sean is creative enough, smart enough, and he'll figure it out. But I do know that the the tree that he was that he was groomed in that San Antonio tree they don't operate in those spaces, and so I have to believe that Sean Marks, because of the talent that were the three players involved in that deal, like that's hard and that's. Sidebar. That's why T. Lou tried to tell y'all to dealing with all of that talent. Like this is what he's describing. People
0: laughed at T. Lou and that's ridiculous. It's they impo- fucking laughed it's, at him. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's so hard because a, a general manager like Sean Marks, he doesn't give up who he is and all of the things that he learned in the San Antonio tree. Um, he doesn't give those up to a m- marginal to above average talent. Maybe even a star. He doesn't do it. He figures out how to work around his own you know uh uh agenda and the way he sees things and the roadmap that he's kind of mapped out and and they it either works or it doesn't, but you stick to it you're not you're not tempted to take a swing at it because the talent is star. But once you creep into superstar that's that's it's just tantalizing enough, right? It's tempting enough. oh shit, man, I know I shouldn't. Everything in me says this isn't the way to do it. Man, but it's Kevin Durant. But still, I learned like, let me go back through my checklist of experiences. Everything suggests that this isn't a good move, but it's Kyrie. Shit. All right, let's do it. We're gonna take a leap of faith. And it, you know, if you do that and you wind up with takes I've said this off air, I'll say it again. If you're dealing with super conscientious people that that are all about protecting your interests and theirs together, maybe. But clearly. (laughs) <laughs> the dudes he was dealing with don't subscribe to that so if you're not 1000 percent sure and the only way to be is if that's your family like literal blood then i say don't do it because you'll turn around you'll give up everything that you're about everything you've worked hard for in an effort like to chase this incredible talent and they're going to shit on you at the end of the day and so i'll take it back to me wearing a hat get your ass in the training room get in the weight room
0: Okay, but, like, okay, a caveat to that is, like, you know,
1: GM Raja,
0: if they do go back in the weight room and meet you at, at, um, at training camp, this ain't going to get no better. This is why I don't think, like, this is why I don't think, and this is just a guess. This is no reporting or anything. My guess is that they will not be on the team come training camp There's because it's that untenable. It's You're probably that right. It's untenable. So, with that being said, GM Raja, how do you make it a tenable situation to get in our hypothetical world? How do you make it a situation to where they're good or you don't care? You're just like I'm. Just look, man. My, your ass this is building.
1: This is me feeling spited and spurned, and and just cutting my nose off despite my face right now. It's why I'm too emotional to be a general manager. I know that. <laughs> I know that it's not a problem. Like that, but this is a fucking podcast, so I can say whatever I want. Um, the only way to really do this is for Sean Marks to get a co-sign from his owner that they're ready to go into rebuild mode and to to you're not getting players in return in in a haul that would put you back into the mix because those teams would be again to the original point giving up too much to put themselves in the hunt for a championship. So what they're going to try to do is hit you with a ton of picks. Like that's, you know, t- you'll get some players and then you get a ton of picks, right? And so you know, I imagine you're right, Logan. I imagine that those two, you know, if, if they're really going to... Now, what we haven't talked about, and i just sorry for cutting myself off mid, midstream here, is what if, what if KD's not really... I don't know. What if, what if he's not really all the way out? What if he's just pump faking? That's a hell of a pump fake. I'm not saying pump faking like I'm saying, but what if, what if the door's not closed? Like, what if, what, if, what if Kevin is an emotional dude? We see him engaged all the time. He engages all the time on <laughs> Yes on, he does. <laughs> on shit where you're like, why would you do that? Like so he seems to be emotional too. Not judging, I'm emotional. But the point is, what if what if cooler heads could prevail and, and we could have that conversation in a less antagonistic way than I just did? You know, look, Kevin, what what the what the fuck's really going what the on? Fuck, man? Let, what like, the come fuck? on, Kev. Let's let's hey, let's let's burn one. You go to Chelsea, you burn one. Hey, let's you burn one. It. Yeah, get a glass of wine, let's burn one and then talk to me, dog. Like what Come on, what what you need, bro? What you know? What are we doing, man? And so.
0: And and if after that conversation there's a trade that still needs to happen, then fuck it. You know, we just, we tried, but. Correct,
1: correct. And, but you're going to, like, let's be clear, Brooklyn, you're now in a situation, I mean, best case scenario where you were with Kenny Atkinson, where you have a team full of guys that are just going to play hard. They're they're good NBA players, not great. And maybe you can get into eight, seven. Yo, bro. The Nets, and this is is fine. Which is where they were this year.
0: (laughs) You're an asshole. Uh, (laughs) You're you're a terrible Uh, human (laughs) being. That's scale. Damn, I lost my train of thought because that was just so mean. That was just so mean. Why would you do that? Two points. Oh, shit. And I get why they did this, bro. The Nets are just, they're just, they're clamoring to be relevant in a market that is just, they're not relevant in, right? And so what do you do? Sometimes you just got to take chances. You want We want to get Kevin Durant, at the time, a top five player in the league, right? He's instant, gives your franchise instant credibility, right? Okay, so what? He wants to bring Kyrie in, dude, for sure. Let's do it. Let's get it in. Let's be relevant. Let's go compete for titles. Woo! Let's go do it. We want to... Championship parade down Fulton Street, right? Hey, let's go! And then, like, I can't but help but think, like, they're probably the front office probably thinking, "Damn, we just made such a deal with the devil, man!" Like, when when we ch- there's a world where like Ben Simmons is the last like player we got on the roster, and he's coming off of a back back surgery, hasn't played, in damn near a year and a half, you know, like. It's gotta be sad to go to work over there, dog. Like here, and the second point is, even if they would have won the title this year, like in some cases where they got all their shit together, would they be that happy? Would like after it would be just a relief if they won a title this year?
1: Yeah, that's a, you know that, that's a great way to. We're well, like say that. if they just
0: yeah. like put like they just on to run right, and they just somehow just beat everybody. The only two people, and the, there would only be two people that are happy. Everybody else would be like, whoo, what a relief!" Let's go to this. Let's
1: let's go let's go let's go enjoy our summer man let's just get out of here let's leave i think you you just said something there that stuck with me a little bit they don't look happy just watching them and i'm not i'm not behind closed doors so i don't know but the, jo- the joy looks missing sometimes you know um and that's that's a t- that's that's tough and it's tough when. I don't know, I say this all the time, man, but it's tough when that's coming from your your stars. When your stars are uneven personalities, uneven, I'm trying to be fair, when they're uneven, right? Like I don't know necessarily what I'm going to get all the time um, or most of the time because no one's on all the time. But, you know, it, it can be a tough thing to navigate. And I had forgotten about Ben Simmons, but I would just add that, again, another deal where you have to know While Ben Simmons, I could sit here and make an argument, and I have, why Ben Simmons is a great pair with Kyrie and Kevin on the court. For a lot of reasons, and I believe them all, I would also turn around and and have to factor in that Ben Simmons is dealing with some stuff um, emotionally and mentally that's very real. um, And to help him be the best version of himself, I need a very stable environment, a very established culture, you know, kind of like but different situation than Andrew Wiggins if you will. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Like Andrew Wiggins I thought needed needed like real role model type of culture, not because he was dealing with anything but but just to just to help him on his professional like arc and understand how to win and do those things. And so I see Ben Simmons in that light too. Like you need to have stability around him, teach him the ropes of being a really good pro, what the process Needs to look like every day if you're on a quest for a championship. What he, you know, is going to be responsible responsible for, you know, in that equation. Like hold him accountable in a way that I don't think was being done in Philly. And your organization isn't set up to do that.
0: No, nah, it's not. It's crazy, man. I Remember when Steve Nash? When I used to see him periodically, like in in the Bay, you know, he was just so, like because he was a special consultant for the Warriors. Oh, I remember you know, living like, his best life. Bro, I had never seen a man smile as much as he did. He had such an aura about him. He used to just come in, chill, work out of work out a player for like 20 minutes, shoot the shit with Bruce Frazier like Steve Nash, and just be like, hey, hi, hello, hi, hey, what's going on? Like, just and then fly his happy ass back down to LA. Just just yeah. every, every like month or so. Bro, when I saw him in March, dog, and I, you know, and I I saw him in March. It was just like, he was a shell of that. If there was even a shell of that, that existed. He was walking through that thing like he was, it was like the zombie apocalypse, bro.
1: I'm sure it had to be weighing on my dog at that point. I saw him, I had dinner with him for Father's Day. Um, And Steve is like the most optimistic, upbeat, positive energy dude. So like, it was all good. Now, none of this had transpired yet. Like this whole Kevin thing hadn't happened yet, but he... He looked good because I've told you before, like watching, sometimes I'm worried, you know, just about (laughs) his his mental well-being over there. Like that's got it. It looks hella stressful at times. And just, you know, reading all that's going on, like that's got to weigh on you. But he looked great. He and his wife were having a blast. The kids were all good. Like and so I left that feeling like, okay, man, my man, my man's straight. Like they're going to get that together. He's in a good place. And then I mean, what was that a week and a half, two weeks later? The Kevin thing, and I know how close him and KD are. Or
0: they're really close.
1: That's yeah. what hurts even the most. Yeah, no, I know. So then I was, then it put me back in a spot. And again, I haven't reached out. Like I don't even want to, I don't even want to do that, man. But that's got to be taking a toll again. You know what it was? It was just
0: that that Miami glow, bro. It's just something about. I guess you know when my <laughs> motherfuckers go to Miami and Florida, they just have this glow about them. That's probably what it was. That's why we live here, bro. Yeah. Yo, really quickly, Brad Bill signed. His, uh, speaking of getting to the bag, he doubled down with the Wizards, who I don't think have a plan for him or plan in general, but he signed on because he says he wants to bring a championship to Washington, wants to win. It was probably the most anticlimactic, like, star signing that I've ever seen, where, like, even people in D.C. were like, dude, why did you do this? Why? Why did you... Why did you commit to us for this long? You didn't have to do this. We want to see you, you know, spread your wings and just fly like a butterfly somewhere else. I, I'm just kind of sad right now. What do you feel about this deal? Because we've been on the Brad Bill get out of town train for a minute. What are you doing, Brad Bill? Do you? This is not the environment for you. And he doubled down.
1: I don't mean to be. Uh, this is going to sound contradictory because of what I just said about Kevin and them asking out. And I also said that about. I said that Brad Beal should. While I said that Kevin Durant and them, I didn't like that they did. So it, yes, it sounds very contradictory. But the difference was, I was saying that to Brad Beal after seven, eight years in an organization, where where they just hadn't been able to figure it out. Like they just, you know, and and we're not that deep into the Kevin Durant situation there, right? So yeah, let me just clarify that. I want to put that up front. But I would, I would say this to Brad Beale. My bad, bro. My bad, my bad. What I my bad, I missed. I missed you. You love Washington, you do. You love it. You love living there. You love what you got there. You love what's going on behind closed doors there. Obviously, you got great relationships there. Um, the bread's not bad either. But you love it there. And to that, my bad, dog. Like, do I think you're going to win a chip there? Probably not. But you're you're no dummy. Like you've you know that. And so if you've still said that this is the place for me, my bad. Okay. That's cool. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, what what else could I say, Logan? I mean, like, you can't. I, I mean, you, here's the thing, though. You know, we can't want something more than they want for themselves. Like, yeah, like I would. Should, would I love to see Bradley Beal, you know, it's somewhere better suited for winning now with with better, you know, supporting cast or what have you? Yeah, I would. But <clears throat> clearly, Brad, Bradley Beal is like, no, this is this is home for me, man. I'm gonna do it here. And in a day and an age where it's increasingly not like that. And dudes are like, I'll sign a four-year deal or a five-year deal. And after a year, I want out. Like, in that world, I'm telling Bradley Bill, dog. My bad. I hear you, bro. And I can respect that. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Before
0: we get out of here, man, I'd like to um, do a little segment we like to call Ruin of the Week. Glad Raja came back on a Thursday so we could do this. I'm going to go first, Raja. Okay. Uh, so, my Ruin of the Week is going to go. To one of my homies. Haven't done a homie row into the week in a in a pretty long time, but it's gonna go to one Colton Pouncey of the Athletic. My man um just got just got the Detroit Lions gig. He's the Detroit Lions beat writer for the athletic now. And so let me, let me, let me, let we know I know we do uh Roger's story time, but let me do Logan story time for a little bit. So um I met Colton and uh 2017, we were interning um, together at the Tennessean as part of this program called uh, SJI Sports Journalism Institute. But we wound up at the Tennessean together. And, you know, we would go around Nashville and just do stories together and stuff. Became one of my partners. And, you know, he was there actually when I got the call for getting the Warriors gig, the Warriors um, um, beat writer gig, which changed my life. And, he was there always hella supportive and he was a guy that I always thought was just a phenomenal writer and but he had to take a bit of the long way. So he was working at the Tennessean, had to be the Austin P report uh beat reporter, then went to go to uh Lansing, Michigan to cover Michigan State and paid his dues. And now he's after a few years of just like grinding. You know, we love grinding on the ruins. We love that shit when you do it the hard way. And now he's getting this big break uh covering the Detroit Lions. So really, really juice for my guy. Shout out to Colton Pouncey.
1: Go kick ass in Detroit, bud. Congrats, Colton. Real one. Real one. All right. That's a good real one. It's hard to follow that, but I'm gonna go with uh the number one ranked male tennis player in the world, one Novak Djokovic, who as I was wrapping up my tournament in Greensboro, um in the bowling alley with the kids, was playing Yannick's center. At least that's when the game that's when the match was broadcast. And my man was down two sets early, five seven and two six. And it looked like it was a wrap. Yannick was big, he was pounding the ball like it looked like it was a wrap. And Novak just came back and rung him up six three, six two, six two to win a five setter down two sets um in the quarters of Wimbledon to go to the semis. So real one for that, man. It was an amazing match to watch. That boy hit some crazy shots, man. He ran down this cat ran down a backhand um, from, from one alley to the other on this grass, um, hit it, I think, it, like, he was in a full slide. He had both feet, like, you have to understand, sliding on this grass. But he, he tracked it down, and then he just went into a full slide. He had both feet, like, wide open, and he hit a winner back across course, stupid angle on it, Ooh. and then wound up in, like, a Superman position with both hands sprawled out, like, on the grass. It was some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. But shout-out to the Joker, man, real one.
0: At your absolute best at tennis, could you do that?
1: At what? your absolute peak of tennis? <laughs> do, do what? No, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what was the greatest thing you could do at tennis? Well, at, at peak
0: rise of tennis? Talk shit. What was the best thing?
1: <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, that's about it, man. I don't know. I, I stopped playing young. I was playing, in like men's, I was playing in a men's draw in the Virgin Islands when I was like, in the fifth grade. Um, okay. So like, I, you know, we were playing and I was going over to St. Thomas like and stand with the host family like in the fifth and sixth grade to play in tourna- tournaments and stuff like that. So we, so we played, but I was still so young. Like I never got really, really good at it. Like I can still go out now and be serviceable just because I learned it young, but I was never really, really, really good at it. But I still have an appreciation for it and what he was doing was crazy. Real one. Um, it's good seeing you, bud. Hey, good to be
0: back. Yeah, man. Yeah, dog. So that was another edition of um Real Ones. can check us out Mondays and Thursdays. Um I'm about to go to Summer League grounds. That should be interesting. Gonna, gonna go Lights are high. We're in a Ve- we're in Vegas. We're in Vegas. I'm not a big Vegas person, but like I'm gonna be there for her. Sunday to Wednesday, I think, is when I'm gonna be there. So Okay. Let's go walk in. I'm not like I just yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, take you your Vegas, sticks, man. I like Vegas. Yeah, I like
0: Vegas. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll I'll do that. I'll, yeah, I don't know, but in the meantime, in between time, you guys see me, man, you know. Oh, I was at uh, I was at Chase Center, and um, the other night for well, the California Classic, and and I was walking up to my seat in the media thing, and then like. Somebody, I forgot the homie's name. I don't think I got the homie's name, but he was like, Logan, love your show. Real ones. Shout out to you, my guy. You know what I mean? We we getting, we getting got
1: some folks out here that I had a the pod. I had a few of those in the Greensboro Coliseum up at AAU Nationals, man. Did I don't you? know your names, but hey, shout out to y'all for sure. Are Shelly. we locked yeah. in like that? Uh-huh. They fuck
0: with the vibes? All yeah. right, man. Shout out to all my real ones, dog. If you see me, just you feel me. I got daps for you, dog. It's good. It's love. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, man, we we'll see you guys next week on Monday. I'll be live from Vegas. Um, I don't know how coherent I'll be, but I'll be there. I'll be I'll be around. Um, but in the meantime, between time, make sure you check out all of our our other Ringer Slater shows. That is upside high. That is group chat, that is the answer. That is the void. Bow the void with KOC. Also, check out the mismatch. Um, we need to do a I think I've been saying this for a long time. They can. It's all good. It might not even ever happen again. But, you know, we need to do that um that uh, joint show, you know? We need to get the real mismatch popping. Maybe that'll happen next year. We'll see what's up. They duck in the smoke. Stop playing. Saying. Stop playing, bro. Hey, all my real ones. Tell Kevin O'Connor and Chris, Chris Vernon it's time to lock in. Um, Oh, wait. Y'all thought I was going. <laughs> hey, Rod, they thought I was going I was going to forget about the propaganda. They thought that it was over. Propaganda is still here. Check out Black Girl's songbook with who? Raja Bell. Town legend, Miss Danielle Smith. I saw her last week, real one. She was out in the Bay. Um, she was out in the Bay promoting her book, Shine Bright. Make sure you guys check that out. And also, make sure you guys check out R2C2 with who? Raja Bell. The Leo legend, the Crestside clown, C.C. Sabathia. See y'all next week. Howl.